Well, prayer is an essential practice of the Christian life. Prayer opens us up to God's transformation. Many of us may remember learning how to pray by saying the blessing before meals. Maybe some of us remember bedtime prayers with our, with our parents or we're engaged in those even now as parents. For some of us, prayer is challenging and awkward. Um, the, the words are, are hard to come by. Sometimes we don't know um, what to pray or how to pray. For others, prayer comes more naturally like it's just like we're having a conversation with a, with a friend, a conversation with God. A common instruction for prayer is sometimes just pray from your heart. Just pray from your heart. Just follow your heart. Now, there's certainly great truth in that, and our hearts can be pretty complex and messy places. We frequently find all kinds of guests staying there, sometimes invited, sometimes uninvited. Anger, sadness, joy, fear, jealousy, doubt, despair. How do we pray from the heart when these complex and sometimes unsettling feelings cloud or complicate our vision or our, or our desires. Can we really bring our true, whole, complex, messy selves before God? And what words can we use to give voice to all those deep things? Well, the good news is that God gives us the book of the Psalms as a guide to open our hearts to the transformative work of God. In and through the Psalms, we find words from God, we find words about God, and perhaps most importantly, we find words to God. Words that help us to be open and unafraid in our prayers. Because when we're honest with God in prayer, we open our hearts to a deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus in every part of our lives. As the great pastor and teacher Eugene Peterson said, the Psalms rehabilitate our imagination so we can grasp the large country of God's creation and salvation. That's why during this season of Lent, we're doing a, a, a shared sermon series across our campuses about how the Psalms teach us to pray in a series that we're calling Open and Unafraid. And our hope and prayer is that this Lenten season, we would grow in our prayer lives and in our relationship with Jesus thus becoming more holy and whole, holy and whole. Today we begin with the truth that the Psalms teach us to pray honestly before God. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, that it would grow us, transform us, that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Reading from the Psalms, Psalm 139, listen for God's word. Lord, you have examined me. You know me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. Even from far away, you comprehend my plans. You study my traveling and resting. You are thoroughly familiar with all my ways. There isn't a word on my tongue, Lord, that you don't already know completely. You surround me front and back. You put your hand on me. That kind of knowledge is too much for me. It's so high above me that I can't even fathom it. Where could I go to get away from your spirit? Where could I go to escape your presence? If I went up to heaven, you would be there. If I went down to the grave, you would be there too. 
If I could fly on the wings of dawn, stopping to rest only on the far side of the ocean, even there your hand would guide me, even there your strong hand would hold me tight. If I said the darkness will definitely hide me, the light will become night around me, even the darkness isn't too dark for you. Nighttime would shine bright as day because darkness is the same as light to you. You are the one who created my innermost parts. You knit me together while I was still in my mother's womb. I give thanks to you that I was marvelously set apart. Your works are wonderful. I know that very well. My bones weren't hidden from you when I was being put together in a secret place, when I was being woven together in the deep parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my embryo, and on your scroll every day was written that was being formed for me before any one of them had yet happened. God, your plans are incomprehensible to me. Their total number is countless. If I tried to count them, they outnumber the grains of sand. If I came to the very end, I'd still be with you. If only, God, you would kill the wicked. If only murderers would get away from me. The people who talk about you, but only for wicked schemes. The people who are your enemies, who use your name as if it were of no significance. Don't I hate everyone who hates you? Don't I despise those who attack you? Yes, I hate them through and through. They've become my enemies too. Examine me, God. Look at my heart. Put me to the test. Ignore my anxious thoughts. Look to see if there's any idolatrous way in me and then lead me on the eternal path. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. We are only as sick as the secrets we keep. We are only as sick as the secrets we keep. That's a common saying within recovery groups, recovery communities. We all have secrets of one sort or another, don't we? Every person, every family, every business, every institution, every nation. Maybe it's an addiction or or destructive behavior or habit. Maybe it's a shameful uh, or traumatic event from the past. Maybe it's abuse. Maybe it's fear of rejection or failure. Maybe it's a desire for power. Maybe it's a a hidden prejudice, maybe it's jealousy of others, maybe it's, it's a vicious temper, maybe it's a personal struggle or a mental illness. And for any number of reasons, we don't want to be found out. Even as followers of Jesus, we, we somehow convince ourselves that the Christian life is about how well we can hide our sin and our imperfections and even our raw emotions. We're only as sick as our secrets. Whatever they might be, with our secrets, we hide. We hide from others. We hide from ourselves. And ultimately, we hide from God. Remember what Genesis tells, about, tells us about Adam and Eve when they sinned against God? They hid. They hid their bodies behind fig leaves. They hid from God when God was looking for them in the garden. They hid from the truth with their lies. They hid from each other with their accusations. And our hiding makes us unwell and unwhole as human beings. As as most of y'all know, we have three boys, and that means our car is not the cleanest thing you've ever seen. Uh, maybe you've had this experience with your car, maybe not, but there have been times when our kids have been eating something or have, have been drinking something in the back, and 
unbeknownst to us, have spilled said drink or have dropped said food in some hidden location in the car. We don't see it. We don't know it's there. That is, until a few days later, maybe a week later, when we open up the car and smell this rotten, sour odor like something has gone bad. Like, what in the name of Febreze is this? The same thing happens when we keep secrets. When we keep the deep parts hidden away, they eventually end up festering, going bad, sour in our hearts and souls, robbing us of life, of wholeness, of our humanity. If we are to be free, if we are to be whole and to be made more holy, our secrets must be told. And the Psalms help us do exactly that. They give us a pathway to be open and honest and vulnerable before God. Psalm 139 is the psalm of an honest person. The psalm of someone open and unafraid before God. And it gives us a posture for honest prayer. The psalm begins with the statement of fact that God has already searched and known and concludes with the request for God to search and know. And right there, sandwiched in between in the middle, is a wonderful description of God's gracious knowing and presence as the reason why we can be so honest with God. Because the truth is, right, to be open and honest and vulnerable, uh, to be open and honest with someone requires great vulnerability, great courage, and trust, vulnerability, courage, and trust that in being open and honest, we will not be unraveled by what we confess or share. You have searched me and you know me, O oh God. That tells us that God already goes before our secrets. God precedes our honest confession. In fact, our understanding of grace as Methodists is that God prompts it. And so God's grace-filled gaze, God's searching, God's knowing is not something to fear. It's not something to run away from. It's something to rest in. It's something that's overwhelmingly wonderful. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You know my thoughts from afar. Before I speak, you know what I'm about to say. You surround me front and behind. You put your hand on me. And the psalmist, the psalmist doesn't say, such kind of knowing makes me afraid or ashamed, God. No. He says, such knowledge, God knowing us that well is too wonderful for me. It's too wonderful, so wonderful that it makes it possible for us to pray to God openly and honestly. Then look at all the beautiful language that follows about how God graciously knows us because God is graciously present with us and God graciously created us. Where can we go from your presence, God? Even, when, even if we went to the far side of the sea, God would be there. Uh, heaven or the grave, God would be there. Even in the darkness, God is there. We cannot escape God's presence, and we shouldn't want to. That's the point. A fully present God is a God to whom we can be fully present. 
A fully present God is a God to whom we can be fully present. It goes on. God created our innermost parts. God knit us together in our mother's womb. Our bones weren't hidden from you. God fashioned us in the depths. We can't, we can't escape our beautiful, messy humanness. And God doesn't want us to. A God who made us with such love and care can be trusted precisely because God made us with such love and care. All of this is the foundation for honesty before God in prayer. Jesus loves me, this I know, yes. And Jesus knows me, this I love. We should not underestimate the incredible power of being seen and known by God. A God who made us, who never leaves us, who loves us deeply. And so we can share our inward parts with the God who made our inward parts. We can share our secrets with the God who made us in the secret place. We can sit in our complex humanness before the God who made us human. We can share the things we want to run, want to run away from with the God whose presence we can never flee from. We can share the things that threaten to unravel us with the God who knit us together. We can hand over our sins and our mistakes because God's hand of love is on us. We can be honest about anything that we're feeling inside with the God who is before us and behind us. We can confess the sins that we would, that would rather hide in the dark with the God who says, you know what, even the darkness is light to me. We can confess the sins that threaten to separate us from God and others to the God whose love will not allow us to be separated. We are completely surrounded held in God's gracious knowing, God's gracious knowing. And so not being honest, not being honest and open with God in prayer is, is flat out not taking God's grace seriously enough and missing out on being fully human, fully whole, fully alive. I did that for years. I had a great, formative, love-filled uh, experience growing up in, in the church. And yet, up until college, I was living, keeping my secrets. I was not desperately honest in my prayers. I somehow convinced myself that keeping secrets from God was a way to show that I had control over stuff when really stuff had control over me. Tragically ironic, isn't it? And then I heard a, a singer-songwriter that I was introduced to at the time say, in between a couple of his songs on an album, he said this, and I'll never forget it. You know what? The best thing that could happen to any of us would, to be, would be for our sins to be broadcast on the 6 o'clock news. Because then we would stop hiding and pretending and instead be radically open to the light of the amazing grace and love of Jesus Christ. And for the first time in my life, I started getting really honest with God in prayer. I started acknowledging my sins, my brokenness, my insecurities, my emotions, all the deep things, and God's grace became more real than ever before. I felt more whole than ever before. 
If we're only as sick as the secrets we keep, maybe we're only as whole as the secrets we share. The Psalms show us we don't have to hide behind fig leaves or lies or distractions or, or, or unholy habits. We are already fully known by a God whose presence is closer to, our, closer to us than our next breath and is inescapable. And so there's no point in putting on some kind of spiritual cosmetics or hiding who we really are, what we really feel. When we tell our secrets before the gracious light of God, they no longer hold power over us. Because we not only pray honestly who we are, but who we can be through God's grace. The Psalms help us do that. Eugene Peterson says, by praying the Psalms, we do not escape the honest truth about our lives or the difficult or troubling truth about our families or our cities. We do not get out of the difficult work of of forgiveness and confession, of suffering and mortality. We get further into it. Yet, this also becomes the occasion of God's work making us more whole and holy. More whole and holy. The honesty that the Psalms beckon from us in prayer doesn't result in self-absorption, self-obsession, self-hatred, because God has the first and the last word through grace. It results in wholeness and holiness. Every time we confess our sin, every time we name our sadness or our anger, every time that we pray our joy, every time we pray about a longing for justice, every time we, we pray about the gift and challenge of community, Every time we're honest with God, standing in the light of God's gracious presence, naked and vulnerable, we have the chance to find freedom from the secrets that oppress us and distort us. We have the chance to be made more whole and more holy. So I wonder today, I wonder, what what are the things in your life that you can be honest about easily? What things are harder for you to be honest about? What are you afraid will happen if you're fully honest before God and others? What would it mean for you to have the posture of Psalm 139, which prays, search me, God, because you have already searched me. Know me, God, because you have already known me. See me, God, because you have already seen me. Lead me, God, because you have already led me. We're only as sick as our secrets. We all have them. We need to share the depths of our souls. So may the Psalms be for you like a mirror this Lent, reflecting every curve, every crevice, every dent of your heart giving language to what otherwise might remain hidden, things that might otherwise remain unsayable, thoughts and feelings we think we need to suppress or get rid of before approaching God, and also reflecting God's gracious knowing of you, God's inescapable loving presence, reflecting the truth that with God we are never alone in the deepest thing. Sorrows, joys, doubts, angers, questions about life and death, reflecting the truth that we can be open and unafraid.
In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.